Jesus with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy, and so glad you're taking some time to join me today. And hopefully you're settled in a comfy chair somewhere with your favorite beverage. So rather than just getting right into the selections for today with our episode uh, called Turning Things Around, and it is number six, hard to believe we're already on number six, I wanted to go back and do a little bit of a recap of my January and give a shout out to some of the pastors that I've been getting some inspiration from. So I go back to how in the body of Christ, sometimes you will hear even from different sources, a theme that's emerging. And it's kind of neat when that happens. In this January, back at Eastside City Church, so this is my home church in Calgary, our senior pastor, Todd Swisher, he started with a fantastic message called Take Stock. And it was uh, some points here that I just want to share out of that message. Need more than wishful thinking. How true is that? You need a plan or you plan to fail. Another good saying there. And his focus, of course, was on resolve and being purposed in our hearts. He shared a scripture, Daniel 1.8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's food. All right, and so at the end, his tips were, if you're going to make a plan, it needs to be achievable, it has to be measurable, and it also has to have an element of being sacrificial. And so I applied all of that to this adventure of starting a podcast, and hopefully it is going to be achievable. I've certainly purposed in my heart and I'm resolved to make it through this year. It will be measurable because it'll be very easy to track whether I accomplished it or not. And it is absolutely been sacrificial because it is taking uh, many hours every week to consider and pray and put together what hopefully is worth your time to listen to. And then that was uh, my home church back in Calgary, and then my adopted church here in Florida, Bayside Community Church in Bradenton, Pastor Randy Bazette, and his message, first one of the new year, was in the waiting, and he took that acronym, wait, uh, W, walk with God, A, actively pursue God, I, be intentional, He's talking about stewardship and choices. In other words, be resolved. So I'm starting to see some of the links there. And then finally, we need to trust him. And so even though they were different messages from these two senior pastors, there was a lot of connects there. And I could probably ask this question now to the listeners. Is there anyone out there waiting for things in their life to turn around? So that'd be a combo question, putting those two messages together. And then we go back to Eastside again, and we got another message from Pastor Peter Matheson. And he's continuing on with the theme of taking stock and turning things around. And so his three points were, you know, we need to take stock, then comes the turnaround, and then prioritize. So taking stock is, what do you believe? And why do you believe it? That's the process of taking stock. The turnaround is making a decision to repent or turn another way. Maybe God is bringing some conviction into your life and saying, hey, I want you to change this or that. And then finally, prioritize. It's about 
obeying what God is talking to us about or what we're hearing and learning or reading in his word. And it has to be a conscious decision to do that, right? Now, back to Bayside and another associate pastor, Bernard Scott, and he is going on with his pastor's theme of waiting, and his title is called Wait Well. And again, you know, all of us are waiting for something. And he says, wait expectantly, graciously, and patiently. Once again, trusting that God is good. So one more, back to Eastside and Pastor Peter, the turnaround in generations. So the theme, can you see it emerging? It's about turning around. It's about the waiting in the process of turning around. And I would dare say there isn't one person listening today that isn't in the process of those things in some form or fashion, maybe in their families, maybe professionally, whatever it is. And, you know, we can expect that, really, because as believers, we are in an ongoing process of transformation. The Bible talks about being more and more transformed into the image of Christ. And so it's not a one and done kind of scenario. It is a process and it is building. And as long as we're taking breaths on this earth, hopefully we are allowing that transformation to take place in our lives, okay? So what I love about God, even in the process, the mess, he can turn it into a message. The tests, he can turn those into a testimony. The trials, he can turn those into triumph. He can take victims and turn them into victors. How much hope does that give to all of us that there's just nothing impossible for God? And I love that. I hope you had a chance to listen to episode five. It was entitled His Love Redeems. And I encourage you to go back if you haven't already done that. Tanya was my very first guest on that episode. And she literally is the epitome of this process mess into message, tests into testimony, trials into triumph. And now she's at a place where she used to be a victim and she's living a victorious life. And honestly, my story might not be as dramatic, but that same love which redeemed Tanya was also the same love that redeemed me, that turned me around. Amen. I want to get to the portion for this episode out of my journal. And before I read it, I I really felt like I needed to set it up a little bit rather than just launch in. The person that wrote this is the Apostle Paul. Okay, so first of all, you need to know who the voice is that you're listening to. And if there's somebody in the Bible that represents a bigger turnaround, I'd really have to think about it. Because Apostle Paul didn't start out as Apostle Paul. In fact, he started out as somebody actually persecuting the church and killing Christians. Like that's that's pretty grim. That's about as bad as it gets. So whatever you think you've done wrong or, or hurtful to the body of Christ, I'm making some assumption here that you haven't maybe killed anybody. 
And so this was the big turnaround in Apostle Paul's life. That's the change that happened for him in his life. He started out as one persecuting the church. Then he had his moment with God, that revelation, that road to Damascus experience, and it changed everything for him. And he became one of the greatest apostles. So now he is setting up churches all over the the world of that time. And he had visited a church in Corinth and had uh, gone on to other places, but was disturbed by what he had seen there. And so he wrote a letter to them, and it was a letter of correction or a disciplinarian type of letter. And initially he had second thoughts about it, but then fortunately the Corinthians that he had written it to responded well. They repented and they turned things around. If you have your Bible and you want to join along with me, I am reading 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 8 through 12 and I'm still reading out of the message translation. I know I distressed you greatly with my letter. Although I felt awful at the time, I don't feel at all bad now that I see how it turned out. The letter upset you, but only for a while, and now I'm glad. Not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. You let the distress bring you to God, not drive you from him. The result was all gain, no loss. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain, but those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets, end up on a deathbed of regrets. And now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from that angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. And that is what I was hoping for in the first place when I wrote the letter. My primary concern was not for the one who did the wrong or even the one wronged, but for you, that you would realize and act upon the deep, deep ties between us and God. That's what happened, and we felt just great. End of the reading. And so then I flipped to the other side of the page, Here's what I wrote in 2017, what I was thinking, and I wrote, Lord, I think the ever-present challenge is if we as people are going to let the bad things that happen to us drive us even further away or closer to you. I, for one, pray that you help me, Lord, not to blame you and also that I would not turn away. The things discouraging me right now are my, my hip pain, dealing with some betrayal of those I've tried to help and wanting to see my kids more connected to you and the church. May these things not cause me distress as I continue to seek you for strength. Help me to deal with these situations in a way that glorifies you. Amen. So I go back now and I just want to, as they say, unpack some of these things. I love this sentence or this part of the scripture. Now I'm glad, not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. And so they actually got to a place of godly sorrow, which is distress that drives us to God and not away from him. 
and repentance is kind of a maybe a Christian term that some people feel has a negative connotation, but it really shouldn't mean that to you because it means you're turning around from something that's really hurting you to something that's going to be better for you. And the ultimate result generally is more fruit in your life if you allow the process. So in the case of the Corinthians, here's what happened to them. They became more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more human, more passionate, more responsible. So those are all awesome things that happened to the Corinthians. And so as much as at the time when they received the letter and the the smackdown, if you will, they had a choice of whether they were going to take it on board and do what they needed to do or if they were just going to get defensive that's often what happens when we're disciplined or corrected right and so that's the place that I want to bring you to another scripture proverbs 13:24 also in the message says a refusal to correct is a refusal to love love your children by disciplining them guess what? We're God's kids. We're his children. And so at times when he's disciplining us, it's because he loves us so much and he doesn't want us to stay stuck. But I want to read you one more scripture and it is found in Romans 8:28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And so, as I mentioned, God uses everything. And so sometimes he uses our distress as this whole little portion of scripture is outlining. And the crazy thing is, not only does he use our distress, he uses even the distress that was caused by our sinful choices. That's that's where it's really amazing. Sometimes people are going through distress, not through any choices of their own. It's circumstances, it's things that are happening to them. And like I said, the crazy thing is sometimes when we're in a bad place and it was even a result of our own sinful choices, he even has a way of using that. So if we get to that place of what the Bible talks about is godly sorrow. So what that is, is it's really a deep sadness for the sin that we've done, right? A godly sorrow that leads us to repentance or to a place of wanting to turn around. So godly sorrow is different than when we just say, I'm sorry, when what we really mean is, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry this created a problem in my life, right? So I think we can see the difference there. And only a good and merciful God could help us in these turnarounds and use even some of these things like the distresses in our life to bring us into places of turnarounds. And so then I was asking myself the question of why does God do that? Why does he take everything and why does he want us to turn around? It's not for our bad, it's for our good always. And so he wants us to turn around first to be an example right? A testimony. He wants to take our mess, make it a message. Our trials, turn them into triumph, all of that. And then once we're in a place of victory, he wants us to release that same mercy and grace into the lives of others. So this is the economy of God. It's never just for one. It's for all, okay? 
Well, I have one final thing to share with you. And it is my most latest short little prayer that I wrote in my journal. And guess what? It is for you, my listeners. And I really appreciate you. I would love to hear how these episodes are impacting your life. And if you have some comments or testimonies you want to share, you probably can reach me through comment on Facebook. I think that'd be the best place for now. And so let's get into the final little prayer. Thank you, God, for all you have done in the past and for what you are doing now and even preparing to do in the future. May this revelation of your goodness be firmly planted into the hearts of the listeners. Wherever they are in their process or turnarounds, may they be resolved to seek you more and with expectation. May those in a season of waiting use the time to continue preparing for days ahead. And finally, Lord, according to Philippians 4, 6 through 7, may they not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present their requests to you. Amen. And so next week, we're approaching Valentine's. My episode is going to be about what true love looks like. I hope you'll come back and join me. And in the meantime, experience God's love. He is an awesome God. Hope you have a fantastic week. And thanks again for joining me. Bye. Bye.